Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Mel. And I'm Trish. And, and this, this is the Don't Give a 50 podcast. Let's make getting old the new gold, as oh, you say. I like that. I like that one too. That was mine. I think that was mine. It's Mel and Trish. Welcome to another episode of Don't Give a 50, a podcast for midlife women who dare to be awesome and don't give a 50 like us. Please continue to spread the word about our podcast. Let your fellow 50-ishers know we exist and encourage them to subscribe. It helps us to grow our numbers, which is currency in podcast land, and this helps us to get on the radar as an option for potential sponsors and advertisers, which will enable us to continue to share and champion our message that midlife women are awesome. Awesome. Damn straight. <laughs> you could get on and leave it a review. That'd I be great. A correction. Well, clearly. <laughs> oh. I think Mel's just gone a bit early on today's subject. That segues brilliantly, Trish. Yeah, <laughs> it does. It does. Mel today has one tracked mind. It's not one tracked. So, yeah, leave us a review. Say something like, these chicks are awesome. Five stars, share it with your friends and, yeah, we would really appreciate that. <laughs> as much as Mel would really appreciate an erection. I mean, I don't think she wants an erection, but anyway. No, if I but if I had one. When you listen, be, I'd be. <laughs> you would be a unicorn. <laughs> I don't know what I'd be. Oh I'm too scared God. to say. I'm too scared to say what I'd be. Well, whatever you would be, we would still love you anyway. Thank you, Trish. I'm not still love you anyway, like that you wouldn't love you, but. I get you know, it. It's okay. I do. You, be, you do you, boo. Today we are 50 and thrilled to be chatting to writer-director Renee Webster, who has just produced oh, – hang on, no. Directed. Start written and directed, <laughs> Written and directed. I'm here for you. 
Thank you. See, she can't concentrate because Renee's movie is called mm. How, How to, to Please, Please a Woman. And it's all about women getting their house cleaned and also getting orgasms. So Mel's yep. gone all silly. I <laughs> And also because Dave, every time you Dave's say orgasm, she goes silly. I do. And Dave's in here. And it's really odd because we're not used to having him actually in here with us. And it's, you know, and that this whole movie is about women. Dave. <laughs> this whole movie is about women being able to talk about orgasms in front of men. Yes, it Potentially. is. Potentially. Yes, it is. Yeah, It's about a whole host of things. So it's appropriate that Dave's here. Yeah, that's right. He's giggling like a little schoolgirl. He is. He is. And we loved it for a whole host of reasons. She is incredible. Yeah, she really is. I, I just don't even know where you would start. I think that this... Movie How you would pull really it together really resonates with our audience. It really resonates, especially for midlife women. Yeah, um, in so many different levels, and she's included so many different stories of midlife women. She has, and, and I even think younger and older women too. And she does. She yes. does indeed. Yes, yes. yes. Indeed she's quite she inclusive. She's inclusive in that regard, she is. isn't she? Yeah. But I think um, what you were saying before about relatability is so important. So if we had um, seen this, which we have, and we're so lucky that we've already seen it, um, and couldn't relate to the characters or their stories, it just wouldn't have moved us the, the way it did. No, which is I probably why I mentioned the word erection just before, because I was keep mentioning the word erection <laughs> just <laughs> quietly. But I agree with what you're saying. And in, mm. in some characters, you can see a bit of yourself, but then others, you can see people whom you love or you don't. Know, yeah, and you can understand where they're at yeah. in their life. So the movie, I'm not going to spoil it completely for you, but it centres around Gina. She's just lost her job and feels stuck and frustrated in a passionless marriage and she's kind of a real rule follower and a very... Yeah, she is. She's a bit of a Mel. <laughs> she's compliant. <laughs> she's compliant. So it's all about her turning her life around, finding a new business Groundbreaking and business opportunity. Quite unique. And it, I'd, I'd be interesting to see after this movie goes gangbusters if there's yeah. any new businesses popping up around town. I wonder that too. Well, yeah, is anyone going to get on board? Potentially any, all already there. Enterprising women like Gina was. And men. And men. <laughs> We're inclusive. What was the actor? What was Tom? He looked a bit like a Hemsworth to me. He had that Hemsworth kind of jaw dropping gorgeousness and a cheeky smile. Mm. Anyway, we'll get yeah. back to that. We'll put that in the show notes. So before we get into our chat with Renee, we've got five double passes to give away to see how to please a woman. So make sure you keep up to speed with our socials and we'll give you details on how you can win one of those passes. Yes, absolutely. And in the meantime, just when the movie comes out, get your girlfriends, go and see it. It is fun. It's a type of movie to go and see in the cinema with a group of people. I think that that would be mm. awesome. And I just wanted I... to say then, as Molly Meldrum said, used to say, <laughs> do yourself a favour. Any of our younger <laughs> end of the 50s tribe might not know what Melinda's talking about. Yeah. Um, but, yes, go do it. I am going to lead my husband Gordo blindly there and get him squirming in his chair. Yeah. Yeah, I might I don't even. Know why I think he would squirm? I mean, I, I just a... don't want to cast some <laughs> doubt on Gordo. <laughs> we love Gordo. We love Gordo. We love him. 
I mean, he doesn't do housework. No. <laughs> he does some other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> See, I just, what about Mark? What does he do at the house? <laughs> he does the outside stuff. Okay. <laughs> and other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So welcome to Don't Give a 50, Renee Webster. Well, thank you. And Renee, might I just say thank you so much for that movie. Your movie is wonderful. <laughs> There'll be women everywhere celebrating. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. Renee, congratulations on your film. Uh, Trish and I are lucky enough to have already seen it. And I must say, you had me hooked with your opening scene with the ocean swimming because I'm a keen ocean swimmer. I just competed in a charity um, swim on the weekend, uh, quite a long open ocean swim. So I was all in from the opening scene. But apart from that, I love the fact that you chose a 50-year-old Gina as your central character. So can you tell us why you did that? Um, I chose, uh, yeah, look, it, it was it was not a hard decision. It was what I was interested in doing. You know, I was really interested in this movie to tell the stories we often don't hear enough about. So I wanted to tell the story of a woman who is no longer young but not yet old. Um, I wanted to tell the story of a woman who still felt like she didn't have a lot of agency in her own life. And, you know, a lot of people ask me, how did you come up with the idea and those sorts of things? But the idea was kind of like a confection of a number of kind of real stories and a way to try and bring them together. The plot is entirely fabricated, though, I, I have to say that. But I kind of come, <laughs> the characters and the things within it come from truthful places. I did read somewhere that um, there was a little bit of truth in the storyline, a bit of inspiration gathered from a business. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, so I found out about, I, I heard about a business that offered sexual services for women. And, you know, it's just kind of like you, when you hear about that, you're like, wow. Who are these? And also yeah. the other thing I heard was that it was run by two women who described themselves as housewives. So I'm kind of like, who, who, who are these? You know, what what is going on here? Yeah. And I kind of took a deep breath and rang them up. And um, I first of all read everything about them and there was a lot. And it was completely counter to, you know, anything around the sex industry that you find online has a, often a particular flavour. I know Actually, that's not, that's untrue. There's a million flavors. I'm sure I'm not looking. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> no judgment. You know, they were just, um, yeah, I was intrigued. So I talked to them and I talked to them a lot. And what I wanted to know is who they were, why they set it up. But kind of what I really wanted to know as well, are, who are your clients? Who yeah. are these, who are the women who choose to pay for sex? And the answers were so unexpected. And sometimes the stories were kind of painful, you know, women, Mm. Women went for healing, women went for safety, women were doing that because maybe it had been a really long time in their own lives and they just kind of didn't know how to get back on the horse. But um, yeah. mm. what I love and what really attracted me to it as a story idea is at its heart, the cl- their clients with all their stories were women who did not want to give up on sex. And that was kind of yeah. counter to so many things that we hear and believe about women who are about 50. And that certainly comes through in the film as well, doesn't and it? They didn't want to give up on it. Why should they? Yeah. So it's not about I, women going, hey, I'm going to slash some cash and get some services for myself. You know, 
things run a bit deeper than that. Mm, absolutely, yeah. Renee, you talk about wanting to make a comedy film that was more drama than funny, and the film definitely strikes that balance because while there were some very, very funny scenes, actually hilarious scenes, there was a definite undertone of female dissatisfaction and, for me, sort of like a sense of repressed sexual desire. Do you think we need those tones to con- best convey the drama through comedy? Um, what, sorry, what do you mean by that question? Say that question again. What I mean is that do, do you think that like in best the best way to um, oh, okay. yeah. to show the differentiation is to have the the tone of the drama and like the stories that you just mentioned right. yeah. about the women, like some of them you no, know needing yeah. healing, some of them needing safety. Yeah, to best to best sort of yeah. you know sh- convey your point. Um, look, sometimes comedy can be a really really fantastic thing to use when you're investigating serious issues and and to kind of lighten it but also when you're working with comedy so I, I love to kind of combine and I think some of the best comedy pokes at painful places so it's not just there to entertain but it kind of resonates a bit more. I was really drawn to bring some comedy to this because it's kind of it's rife for fun you know I wanted to have a woman yeah. running this business who is the last possible woman ever you would expect to run that business and I was also interested in having her as a character again I wanted to uncover stories we don't always hear we always hear in in a heterosexual marriage about how the men want to have sex more than the women what you don't always hear about what happens in the marriages when the woman would like to and the man doesn't really want to and what's that feel like for her and what does she do we never hear about that story I'm not saying it's really common but it is a story and it is a real thing that you don't hear enough about. So you could either make a really heavy drama about that or you could have a whole lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to have some fun. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. Oh, no, it's, yeah, it's beautifully done. There is a lot of fun in the film. Loved it. Yeah, you absolutely did. I was having a chat with Mel before the podcast recording and I was wondering whether your close girlfriends, whether having a screenwriter and director as a good friend is really exciting or really terrifying if they see themselves, if they sit there and go, oh, no, that's definitely pulled from you. No, that's definitely (laughs) pulled from you. I think that's you. I think I'd be terrified. But, yeah, so how does that go? Um, Okay, so I haven't asked my friends that question. (laughs) (laughs) See, my friends would volunteer. But you know what? There are a a lot of those things that are uncovered in there are um, perhaps not from my immediate circle and some of them are from a little while ago. So I'm just like yeah. this hoarder of stories, you know. And there's a yes. reason this mm-hmm. film is set in a naked change room of women um, or semi-naked. There's a mix. There's some fully naked and depends which thing you're in at what time. Uh, because all sorts of things are shared in those spaces and I'm, you know, in they go and they just kind of sit in there. And sometimes, um, you know, and then and then they, they find their place in, in the world in due course. But I find usually it's not right away. When you mentioned the change room scenes, I mm. absolutely adored the inclusivity, all the different shapes so and I. sizes, all the ages. And I just think and it was I love that done. celebration. It was beautifully done because they would drift in and out of the scenes, like the background of the scenes, like while the main characters were having their their banter and telling mm. their stories and asking questions and chatting. And you had this, yeah, this the beautiful scenery at the back of these naked and sec- semi-naked women of different ages and different sizes. It was, Trish and I were commenting on that before, it was just, it was so well done, not expected. 
either. Yeah. And I don't know why because they're in a change room, so of course there's going to be nudity. Yeah. But I don't know. I, it just, yeah, but it was just, it was so beautifully done. Oh, thank you for saying that and for noticing it. I, what I wanted to do was bring a non-sexualised look at a female, at the female form. And even though this movie is, you know, people describe it as a sexy comedy or these sorts of things, you know, when I physically represent the women, I don't sexualise them. Um, and, no. and I think it's really nice for us just to, as women, see yourself reflected back on, on screen. There's actually a really powerful scene to film um, when um, the women came in who were our supporting cast and just, you know, most of them took off their clothes. There was um, everything suddenly felt very truthful, very grounded. All of your concerns around filming and everything felt extraordinarily trivial. It was just, um, it was really powerful. And some of those women were friends who decided. You know, one in particular was like, you know what? I'm taking my clothes off. I'm in my 50s. I'm doing yes, my stuff. excellent. So that's a big deal, especially if you're going to do it on a camera. I was, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's brave. Could I ask, the, the extras, the crew that you speak of, were they hired crew? Or obviously they were hired, but were they from that swimming community? Was that their... Hang out, or was it? Um, the, uh, back, or they all cast our background women in the change room. We drew from mm-hmm. a number of places. So some of them were friends of mine. So I'm an ocean swimmer, and I hang in change rooms a lot. Some were from the local swimming group. So we drew from. Um, um, I just really wanted to work with the local um, surf and swim communities because some of them are my swimming communities I as well. That. Um, so we drew from this. Swimming crowds, you know how there's always a, a crew at each surf club and beach. Um, yep. And we drew from my friend group. And then, this was a really powerful thing to do, we also cast some um, real-life models. So what happens when you get a real-life model is she has usually a really interesting shape, you know, really, usually really kind of fabulous. Plus, she's totally fine about not having any clothes on. And that just helps yep. all of us. So... Um, and in, in the end, I had a really big pool, actually, of women who wanted to come and be nude in the film. But I, I sent a lot of correspondence because people have to know, once I filmed you, you're on screen and that, that's, yeah. that's forever. So then a few CEOs stepped away. <laughs> um, so I'm feeling like I want to come and get nude right now. <laughs> well, you know, weirdly it was, um, yeah, we, I almost had to just make sure that people were, you know, fully understood yeah. what, um, what, what it meant. But I love the fact that apart from the change room scene that um, and the setting, sorry, that we've been talking about, that um, some of the settings take place in what is traditionally a women's space. So, for example, the different characters' homes. And, and yet this is where we see a switch in the roles because the men start doing the cleaning and the pleasuring of women. So was this the reason behind you choosing that type of business for Gina? Oh, um, I think I just thought, it would be fun and in the story that I was telling, I wanted this to feel like a relatable film that was kind of grounded in things that we could all experience. And what I've noticed, you know, when you read Annabelle Crabb's The Wife Drought, you know, when I look around the many fantastic professional female friends that I have, a lot of them also are still running the house. You know, as a woman, you can have it all if you do it all. I want to be really conscious about making these statements, not to do a disservice to all the extraordinary men who are particularly in my, I, I'm, um, I live in Frio in Western Australia and we have like such a fantastic community of men who parent and raise the boys and, you know, um, it feels very fairly shared by them. But when I look around, I still think 
you know, women often carry the role of keeping the home fires burning the most. And so there's this story, if I talk about that for a minute, when I first cast Sally Phillips, our first conversation, she shared this huge, this really exciting statistic. It was like the first thing she got on the phone about. She said, there is a statistic, so I can only quote Sally here, that says, when a woman marries a man, her life expectancy goes down. And when a man marries a woman, his life expectancy goes up. And they think it's something to do with the housework. Housework. Uh, so, you know, I kind That's of extraordinary. Like, housework's boring, but it's also a bit of a nerve. So in this movie, I'm interested in kind of pressing the nerves a little bit. Yeah, you pressed the nerve for me in that amazing scene. Um, like, for example, it was the her birthday. It was very powerful. Um, the state of her marriage with the, the, the birthday gift, with the, the money shoved in the car, you know, just that substandard. But then also when she was in the shower scrubbing with the toothbrush. Mm. <laughs> the frustration. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is. Yeah, because it is, as you said, you know, we do, you know, I think if you averaged it out, mm. we do carry a lot of that. Yeah. Of course there are always exceptions to the rules, but in general we do. Well, more of that. What I think is interesting is we could kind of feel like we've moved on from that. And I would say in reality, have we, you know, like politically, we feel mm. much more, you know, I just think there's a day to day where, um, where the lived reality is, is not always that. Yeah. But I, I did, and that was Gina's lived reality. I would say also that I wanted to, this, this is not a movie that's like against marriage. Yeah. Absolutely, and we see that with one, mm. a couple of her friends, a couple of her girlfriends. Yeah. I love mm. um, Renee when the potential clients, the scene where the potential clients yeah. <laughs> are in the car and she's taking notes on, you know, their name, their number and, and what they were requiring and the detail that was going into what they would require. There was actually one lady in particular, an elderly lady, that I loved her detail. <laughs> I don't want to spoiler alert, <laughs> but I loved that detail. Yeah. And, you know, it got me thinking about women and, you know, when was the last time that we actually allowed ourselves to ask for exactly what we want and, and how some women are still uncomfortable with that. Yeah. Mm. I think the other thing I wanted to do was be specific about the pleasure. So it's not just women, this is not just kind of women seeking sex, but women, you know, why I, I the movie talks much more about orgasms than sex. And then I wanted yeah, to be specific yeah. in my vocabulary around um how the orgasm is achieved because there is a whole raft of vocabulary. It's just not discussed. So still kind of remains a little bit, um, you know, I think not, it's just not in the general vocabulary yet. So using like, um, I don't think this will be a spoiler, but at one point in the movie someone's mm-hmm. talking about an orgasm and they talk about edging as a technique. You know, that should be, yes. that should be a broadly discussed and understood term. I think yeah. so. Maybe Absolutely. It is. And it is. But I, I want- Well, I just think the movie's about having good sex, not just having sex. It's like if, you know, yes, we would like to have sex, but we would also like a bit of uh-huh. pleasurable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, a bit of expertise. Yeah, and it's also meant to be a nod to, you know, hey, maybe the way is not super clear for everybody. It's gonna take yeah. it's gonna mm. take some conversation to work that out. Yeah, mm. and Mel and I mm. were having a conversation before and discussing the, okay, if this was a real business and it was in our neighbourhood and we knew about it, mm. would it be something that we could sign up for? <laughs> we're both married, so we both feel like, no, we couldn't do that. Right. And then we were thinking of our single friends who have potentially been single for a while 
and if they could or couldn't. Mm. So it's gets yeah, you thinking. It does. It's very thought provoking. Yeah, mm. it's been interesting the uptake from women. <laughs> really, <laughs> people have. Um, it's kind of you know when people see it, they uh, they they are so entertained. They um, and they it's really so they good. really love the idea. I think that's been it. You know, beyond that, who knows? But they just like, and it's meant to be that like a really fun idea. Yeah. It will be interesting to see if any new businesses spring up <laughs> motivated by yeah. you. That will be interesting. Can, can you get some sort of, I yeah. don't know. <laughs> can you keep tabs on that somehow? <laughs> some sort of ownership <laughs> by your creative powers. <laughs> Renee, is there a single message you want to convey in the film? And if so, what would it be if you could sort of nut it down to a single message? Um, you know what? I did not make this film in that I have a message to share with the world kind of way. A lot of filmmakers do that. Mm-hmm. I made this film because I wanted to entertain and to engage an audience. Um, I wanted to make a, a, a film that felt like a powerful comedy and that if people come away from that movie and there is a little bit of... You know, my favourite experience from a movie is when I walk away and it just has shifted a little bit in me for something. So... Uh, if it opens up new conversations or creates space for new conversations in people's lives, then I'm really excited about that. Well, you should be because you absolutely nailed it. I yeah. ab- I loved it <laughs> and I'm I'm thinking I might take my husband along. So can I say that um, the movie yes. has been – so in, in WA we've done some screenings in, these, in our Somerville season, which is a thousand-seat cinema and it had a week-long session and sold out almost two weeks in advance. So – it's been for these early preview screenings. And what's been interesting is men have really, really liked it and recommended it as a date night movie. I love that. Awesome. Okay. Gonna, I think I'm going to lead him into it. I'm going to lead him blindly into it. <laughs> yep. We'll get there and I'll say you yep. may be a bit, of un, a bit uncomfortable at times, but I, I think it's a, I think it's worthwhile. Well, definitely work as a date night movie. Yeah. yeah. I've so been, yeah. What I've received is like it's actually been a lot of men contacting me about how much they enjoyed it. And then I've been receiving unsolicited photos of my girlfriend's husband vacuuming the rug or suddenly doing all this. Yay. What a rewarding uh, career. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Renee, we have a wrap-up question that we ask all of our guests on the Don't Give a 50 podcast, and that is, if you could go back in time, what would the current Renee tell the 20-ish Renee? Uh, the current Renee would tell the younger Renee who everyone must, I'm sure all women say this, care a bit less and eat more of the really delicious food. (laughs) (laughs) So when you say care a bit less, what do you mean specifically Uh, about everything or um, Yeah, no, that's a really good question. You know, sometimes I think women in leadership roles, and, and I am often in a leadership role now in my work, and I still wonder if I'm doing it right and wonder if I'm the one who knows the right amount to be stepping forward in that space. And I think actually... When I say care a bit less, it's probably about trusting your own instincts a little bit more and backing yourself. Um, yeah. And, and I try and do that more and more as I go forward and it's something I have to really actively concentrate on and I know, I feel like as a much younger woman, I probably didn't do it enough. So true. And we do get that message from guests. It's it's one of the common themes that comes through in answer to that question. Mm, as soon as I said so it. I think we're, we're all a bit like that, aren't we? You know, we sort of hit uh, hit midlife and, yeah, you do start to think, mm, if I could go back, that's what I tell myself. Yeah, when, when I think about that time, the other thought they often have is like, wow, you were right and, wow, you were doing really well. <laughs> 
Yes. It's so uncertain. So then what about if we're looking at ourselves now? Maybe we're right and maybe we're doing well. Maybe that should be something we consider for ourselves sooner than later. There actually was one other question mm-hmm. that I wanted and that was to ask you and that was like going back to where you found that original original business, how did you uncover such a gem? Those two women, the housewives that were running that business, how did you uncover them? Oh, I read about them somewhere. It must have been, so as a filmmaker, you're just always, your radar is like on the whole time. So I read or saw something would have been in press or an, or an article or something like that and immediately okay. jumped in and then read that they're not in my hometown so read everything I could about them and then kind of thought took a deep breath and rang them up and yeah. they were open to chatting to you yeah they were they were really great they were careful as they should be very careful because essentially I sound like a you know that these are people's lives that they're dealing with so we had to find a way to protect that but also they they were interested in um a film that would kind of re- represent the real stuff that goes on no, it was um, absolutely sensational. We um, we just loved it. Oh, um, Renee, thank you so much for your time. We know how busy you are, but, um, yeah, it's been lovely chatting to you. Oh, Even though it's been brief, we're just, yeah, <laughs> just really, uh, really happy. And we know that our, uh, our 50-ish tribe are going to, um, they're going to love it. They'll, they'll embrace it. Oh, and um and support it. It's it's awesome. Terrific. Yeah, we wish you every success with yeah. the movie, and have no doubt it is going to be a huge hit. Yeah, oh, we will be so spreading the word of mouth. Yeah. that's for sure. Yeah. From our end, thank you for having me. I mean, I hope the thing. My hope for the film is this is a film that is meant to be experienced with an audience, and I feel like as humans, it is in our biology and our DNA to collectively experience stories. And this is a film that's good to go out to see. So I really hope. I agree. I hope we last in the cinema because what we found out is people have a great night out when they go. So it is my hope that it gets, you know, a decent run in the cinema so audiences can see it collectively. And how, who determines how long of a run in the cinema it gets? Um, how does that work? That We're going out in a, in a lot of cinemas. It's really up to tickets to be selling enough, you know. So okay. people, if they yep. want to see the film, should go sooner. <laughs> yeah, sooner rather than later. Sooner so don't delay. Sooner rather than later. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a beautiful it's a beautiful movie, and even if you don't do the date night thing or try and get your husband to go along, it's a ripper of a movie for a bunch of girlfriends. Yeah. Yes, it ladies, is, get all the girls and go. It's on, mm. um, I mean, it's on chicks at the flick at event cinemas. We're in two hundred cinemas Australia wide. So this movie. It's really exciting, actually. It's getting a big, broad commercial release. So in the cine, in the cinema foyers right now, um, we're right up there amongst all the multi-gazillion dollar movies. Good so girl. We're up there and we're so excited to be Good. there. Um, you must be feeling so energised at the moment, Renee. It is so thrilling to feel that story work in an audience. And I love sometimes seeing it work on the people who, you know, weren't expecting it to, so either the husband's. Or the nanas, yes. the nanas are hilarious. Or get these, <laughs> the teenagers. That was what I didn't see coming. So it reaches a really broad group. Ah, okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. We can take have my a, daughter along too. We can take our teenage <laughs> daughters. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Who would know? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Renee, thank you again. And, um, yeah, can't wish you any more success than that because it's just um, we, we so wish you well. Uh, thank you for having me as well. This has been terrific. Trish, that was really interesting because – well, for lots of reasons, but women's sexual pleasure um, and orgasms 
is a topic that's not often talked about, as Renee said, yet it should be. And you and I are firm advocates for talking about all things that affect us, especially in midlife. Absolutely. I think it's a conversation that is well worth bringing to the table. Yeah. And I think women are getting more brave. I mean, mm. mind you, I do think that there are many brave women out there and have been for generations. True. But I think mainstream yeah. that we're still a bit shy. Yeah, we are. Yeah. Mm. So maybe that's actually a topic for the for the podcast as well. Yeah. Maybe I that's think something so. that I we can talk about in future. Shy, vulnerable. Yeah. Mm. And I think even as we age, we get really concerned about the changes in our bodies. So sometimes mm. that mm. stops us from stuff. <laughs> <laughs> We've said that a few times, haven't we? <laughs> so get yourself along to see this fabulous film, especially with a couple of girlfriends. And it is an absolutely gorgeous film. It's a hoot. It's a laugh. It has you laughing. You feel like almost in tears mm, for some. Yeah, it, it's it's a ride. Yeah, it is. Um, we think there's something in there for everybody, really. And I think most women will be able to relate to it on some level, absolutely. some part of the film. Absolutely. Women, absolutely. We've put a link in today's show notes, which includes a trailer, so you can check it out and get the vibe. We've also got five double passes to give away, so make sure you check in with us with our socials to find out how you can get your hands on that. Yeah, and while you're there checking it out, make sure you leave a review and a five-star rating. (laughs) Thank you. Please. Very much. That's it from us today. Don't forget you can follow us on Instagram at don'tgiver50 and email us at hello at don'tgiver50.com.au. And remember our gorgeous 50-ishers, life is for living. Don't give a 50 because we're all 50 and awesome regardless of age and living and ageing and orgasms is an absolute privilege. Absolutely, ladies. Ask for it. If you don't get it, ask for it and explain how it can be achieved. Ask and you shall receive. As I tell my children, <laughs> not that I'm telling my children to ask for this, but you only have, you only get in this life what you have the courage to ask for. Right. That's one to take on board for the future. <laughs> really, isn't it? <laughs> See you 50-ishers. I just don't want to cast some doubt on Gordo. <laughs> a lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Here's a cool fact. 
A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.